0: Welcome to the Nanalyze podcast. We are a boutique media and research firm specializing in disruptive innovation. Visit com for more details. Open door stock is the topic of today's presentation. And in our open stock analysis, we're going to start by talking about what we refer to as amateur hour behavior. So If you're somebody that spends all your time discussing the merits of a single stock, then you really need to think about what that sort of behavior promotes. So sometimes less is more in most cases, and uh, analyzing the heck out of something won't necessarily make you a better investor. It oftentimes leads to analysis paralysis, but more importantly, it leads to taking on more risks. So what happens is that people start developing stronger and stronger convictions uh, and seemingly ignoring company-specific risk that can affect any firm out there. And what this will often lead to is cheerleading. We see a lot of these cheerleaders come around our YouTube channel and cult-like communities where people will refer to themselves as we in the uh, context of a company they're invested in. That's a bad idea. You don't fall in love with a stock, and you should always, always be more interested in hearing the bear case for a firm that you're holding than the bull case. Bull case is a given. Uh, This reminds me of a a personal experience where I heard somebody say that uh, their friend had invested heavily in Tesla a decade ago, and that five years ago, a financial advisor told them that they should not have all their eggs in one basket with Tesla. And this person sold off a bunch of Tesla, and they said this financial advisor was an idiot. Wrong. The financial advisor did exactly what they were supposed to do. They warned that individual that investing all your eggs in one basket is wrong. That is still the right decision to make. Hindsight, of course, is twenty twenty, but When it comes to investing, you don't invest all your eggs in one basket. And people usually, without a lot of resources or wealth, oftentimes do this because they have very little to lose. Another mistake that we see made all the time is those individuals who interpret stock price movement of extremely volatile assets. Tech companies are very volatile they'll use these as an indication of company quality. So the stock price will drop slowly over some weeks and they'll say, what's wrong? Or the stock price will jump and they'll see, I told you this was a great company. That's not how things work. That's not how intrinsic value works. Intrinsic value typically changes very slowly over time. Of course, there are some exceptions to that rule, such as M&A events or uh, external regulatory or legal changes that happen. But Making these mistakes, you know, we've all been there. Uh, Experienced investors learn these lessons the hard way. And if you haven't accumulated wealth using the markets, then you probably shouldn't be dispensing advice to others. Uh, Also, you'll see people without industry experience and academic experience uh, teaching others. Fair enough. But what, when you have industry experience, proper industry experience, and uh, some academic qualifications as well, what you then learn is how many qualified people are talking out their asses as well. And it all comes down to this. A, A guy drives a Bentley to Golden Slacks to take advice from someone who took the train to work. There's a big problem there. So be very careful about pundits out there who exhibit this amateur hour behavior that we're talking about. And you'll see a lot of them right now because of the abnormal returns we're seeing for real estate services companies. So the five-day return for Redfin is 27%, Open Door 20%, and Offerpad 36%, compared to a NASDAQ return of 1%. This is counterintuitive. And all these firms are in the real estate services industry. That's the link that they have. And here's a very important takeaway. If you weren't interested in open door or real estate services before this price bump, before all this momentum happened, don't suddenly become attracted to it. That's another amateur hour move. Suddenly people become interested when a stock price jumps. That's exactly when you, you should be questioning that. That's not a good thing. So we decided to take a quick look at Opendoor. What we saw was, uh, frankly, quite scary. So here's a look at their first quarter of 2023. And right away, we have some concern. So revenues are down 39% with total homes sold down 35%. So facilitating the sale of homes, there's nothing wrong with that unless you're the person holding those homes, in which case you're less of a property tech company and more of a property management firm. So this Second item we've highlighted here immediately is a red flag. They have a gross margin of 5.4% versus 10.4% in Q1 2022. We don't like companies with low gross margins because they don't have a lot of buffer to work with. And we go down the List here, we start to see concerning bits such as inventory balance of $2 billion representing 6,261 homes. This inventory is down 55% year over year. Well, the fact that they have an inventory balance of thousands of homes is a concern and they're purchasing more. So you can see they purchased 1,747 homes. That's down 81% versus last year. So right away, we have a concern here of a company that. Their entire business revolves around purchasing homes and then selling them for more than what they cost to purchase. And looky here, 2023 financial outlook, they don't mention the entire year because uh, it's pretty obvious that this, the way that this is cratering, they have no idea what the rest of this year is going to bring. But look at next quarter. Down, revenue guidance down 1.75 to 1.85 billion compared to this past quarter of 3 billion. This company's in a world of hurt. So what do we know so far? Open Door buys homes and sells them for a profit. This isn't a tech company, it's a glorified property flipper. Now, if you're somebody with a mortgage, you already have residential real estate exposure because what are you getting when you invest in open door? You're getting exposure to residential. Real estate. Now, if you're not somebody who already has a mortgage and you're looking for residential real estate exposure, stick with REITs. These have a track record of navigating turmoil as opposed to this SPAC that's now flailing in the face of a very uncertain property market. And we look at the business model here. It says we generate the majority of our revenue from the sale of homes that we previously acquired from homeowners. And they say here that a key measure of inventory management performance is percentage of homes on the market for more than 120 days as measured from initial listing date and uh, 59% of their home portfolio uh, fall within that bracket compared to 23% for the broader market. They say that, well, this happens when uh, newly acquired homes represent a smaller proportion of their overall inventory. Fair enough, but pay very close attention to that metric. They say we expect this trend to continue for the first half of 2023. Well, they have no idea what the property market is going to do, and they're only hoping that um, things come back around in terms of a lot of uncertainties around interest rates and property in the United States, residential property in particular. This is a firm that needs to buy homes and sell them for more than they cost to purchase to stay in business. If they're not doing that, they don't have a business. And in the meantime, falling property prices are going to expose them to not so obvious risks such as covenants. They talk about here how they're asset-backed facilities. This is where they get the money to purchase homes from. These are collateralized by a specified pool of assets consisting of real estate inventory, of course, restricted cash, which, you can read on their balance sheet equity interests in certain consolidated subsidiaries of Open Doors. So it's rather complex, but they mention here having to comply with customary financial covenants. Indeed, they say that as of last quarter, the company was in compliance with all financial covenants. Well, how sensitive is that? Could be quite sensitive when you read here about lending leverage. So they say our asset backed senior debt facilities provide for advance rates of 70 to 90% against our cost basis. So think of that as if you're going to purchase a home, they asked you for some money up front. So this would be you putting down 10 to 30%. Okay, fair enough. I think. 20% would probably be on average. Then they say here, our mezzanine term facilities may finance up to 95 to to 100% of our cost basis. Well, Matt, if property prices change and start moving downwards, you're in a world of hurt because you immediately go underwater. So what percentage of the $4.86 billion in debt that they have is related to this mezzanine debt? Or it could even be for their senior debt facilities, that they took out the majority of those loans at 90% against their cost basis, in other words, with 10% down. Well, the only way that we can tell is by digging further into their financials, where it shows that the asset-backed debt of $4.9 billion that they have that we looked at on the previous slide, $2 billion for senior revolving, $1.9 for senior term debt facilities, $1 billion for mezzanine term debt facilities. That's 5% down to 0% down. So when property prices fall, they're in a world of hurt. And here's the A popular Case-Shiller Home Price Index showing the benchmark of average single-family home prices in the U.S. calculated monthly based on changes in home prices over the prior three months. So you can see here that we seem to be on the cusp of a downturn, which would make sense when you consider that I googled mortgage rates right before this video. They were somewhere around the range of 7% that's a lot. So people aren't going to be that keen to purchase homes with a interest rate of 7% compared to what it used to be. And the other thing that you need to consider here is all the people that purchased homes when interest rates were low and then turned them into rentals or Airbnbs. This was a slide that I came across doing some research on our Airbnb video that's going to be coming out soon. And here you can see the uh, number of rentals on Airbnb running over time uh, significantly upwards. And what happens when those property owners decide that they want to change those Airbnb rentals to uh, rentals in general or sell those homes? Well, it's going to put pressure on home prices. Now, The Bulls will point to a turnaround story. We don't invest in turnaround stories. We look at what's actually happening. And that story is also told by Opendoor, which talks about how the uh, performance in the first quarter of this year reflects the sharp transition in the housing market from peak levels in earlier 2022, uh, which has resulted in lower transaction velocity and home price appreciation well beyond typical seasonal trends. Indeed, that's concerning. These macroeconomic pressures, they say, uh, have continued to uh, have Open Door adjust down listed prices on our inventory to stay in line with the market and drive resale clearance. So that's not good when they're having to lower prices of their inventory just to keep the business going. And they mentioned here they recorded inventory valuation adjustments of $23 million. That's a drop in the bucket last quarter. Pay attention to that metric. And they say we have proactively reduced our acquisition pace. So they slowed down purchasing homes via higher spreads. Fair enough. So now that they're going to purchase homes, they're going to do so offering a lot less and uh, you know be less takers on those lower price, but give them higher spreads. And they said those are embedded in their offers and lower marketing investment. Okay, fair enough. And they said, we expect future margins on these acquisition cohorts to be in line with our expectations for positive contribution margin. Well, I certainly hope so. Otherwise, you don't have a business. And that only works if housing prices don't take a massive dump. They say, we expect to resume a higher acquisition pace as the housing market is stable. Indeed, you do. And that's the big if. When the housing market stabilizes. Has it even begun to downturn? Well, who knows? right? Nobody knows what that's going to look like. But don't pay attention to these amateur hour pundits out there. I found this one individual, claims to use data in their approach to investing and seems to make um, all the wrong decisions with it, uh, makes a comment here on the bottom. Other Others might think I'm nuts, but I think open stock is a bagger from here over the next three to five years. That's great. Your thoughts and five bucks won't get you a cup of coffee at Starbucks. And it says here, business has stabilized. Has it? Has it? Did you read the last quarter? And then he says the drop in rates over the next few years will power a massive recovery. Yeah, well, that's if the company actually survives and we have no idea what's going to happen in the next few years. And this comment here in response to their Uh, tweet there says, this says very little about whether I'm right or wrong in the long term, but open is up 26% in a single week. Well, why did you say it if it says very little about whether you're right or wrong? You're absolutely right. It says nothing. Because as we talked about in our first slide about amateur hour investors, these are people who look at stock price appreciation as some validation of a company's potential instead of risk, which is what it is. Volatility equals risk. So to conclude... If Open Door were a SaaS firm, we'd have second thoughts about investing in it. Not to mention that it's a firm that has decided to put residential properties on their balance sheet. Big no. If we want that sort of exposure, we'll invest in REITs. Property tech, that might be appealing. We've spoken with a fair number of property tech companies and looked at some very innovative solutions out there, such as using blockchain for mortgages and things like that. But Property tech would be more appealing if it had both commercial and residential exposure, and it wasn't just in a single market. So property tech businesses we've looked at use software to improve some part of the process. They usually have high margins, and they're typically structured as SaaS business models. We're not interested in exposure to residential property flipping in America, which is what an investment in open-door stock gives you. Now, I've put up another video here for you to watch. Before you click that, please click the Nanalyze logo here on the right, subscribe to our channel, then watch this video on the left. Thanks so much for taking your time to watch this today. Thank you for listening to the Nanalyze Podcast. If you found this information useful, please share this episode with a friend. This helps us to continue to provide thorough research for you. Want more research like this? Want to know what we're invested in and what stocks we're avoiding? Head to nanalyze.com and consider becoming a premium annual subscriber to get access to premium articles, webinars, and our extensive tech stock catalog. Thank you for your time.